Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. In a little while, we're going to check in with Taylor Cole. She is the host of Hotel Hunt TV. And once a month, she joins us with her Hotel of the Month feature. This time, she recently visited the Majestic Mirage Resort in Punta Cana. So we'll get her take on that. Plus, I found out last week that it's a good year to visit France this year as it celebrates 500 years of the Renaissance this year. So we'll find out what that entails later in the podcast. But I want to start our podcast asking you this. When planning a vacation, how far out do you start searching and then booking your trip? Well, we're going to talk about a survey from Alliance Global Assistance on how and when Canadians book their vacations. It has some surprising results. So to help us out, we're joined now by Dan Keon. He is the Vice President, Market Management for Alliance Global Assistance. Hi, Dan. Hi, Randy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm interested in, in digging deeper into your Winter Vacation Confidence Index. Uh, this is something you do every year, am I correct? That's right, Randy. This is our, thirsty, uh, sorry, our third year conducting the, uh, the Winter Vacation Confidence Index. Um, it's a survey of around 2,000 Canadians, and we conduct it with the help of Ipsos. And really, it's just a, an opportunity for us to get a view into uh, Canadians' travel habits as well as their plans for traveling in the upcoming year. Okay, so some of the findings I I found interesting uh, about Canadians and how they book their vacations, and your findings show they book them further out than a lot of people assume in the industry. Uh, Tell me more about that. Right, so we asked the question, um, just as you stated, how, how far in advance do people book their vacation? Um, the, the highest number that we saw was in the two to six month range. So 44% of Canadians book between two and six months in advance of their trip. Um, a surprising 12% book more than six months in advance. This is, is a, is a, a sign of the importance of trips within, um, within the, the annual planning experience, even from a financial perspective of Canadians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it's a big investment for people. And given that they're spending their hard-earned money, they want to make sure that they're you know, planning the best vacation possible. Um, some of the other interesting findings with that, though, of course, was the, the difference in demographics as uh-huh. far as who was booking when. So what we tended to see in the results was that um, the younger the demographic, the more likely they were to book close to their departure date. So people were booking even one week or less in advance. So right before the trip, <laughs> 24% in that category were 18 to 34 years old. So sort of that millennial demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, 10% were, were 55 to 54 and uh, 2% were 55 plus. So I've seen that the older the traveler, the more likely they were to book in advance. Mm. Uh, the younger the traveler, the more likely they were to book just before. Similar to that, that uh, stat was that 20% of men were um, were within the group who were likely to book one week or less in advance, whereas only 5% of women were likely to book one week or less in advance. So <laughs> um, men seeming to uh, to be kind of more of a last-minute planner yeah. in, uh, in that, that uh, result. Yeah, it's 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 not surprising. I think a lot of people would kind of say uh, the older you are, the more you want to plan for things, and the younger you are, the more you fly by the seat of your pants kind of, kind of scenario, correct? Yeah, I think so. And I think that also might uh, correlate to the, the spend. So mm-hmm. um, what we saw in some of the results was that um, 
the the younger demographic were likely to spend less on their trips. Mm-hmm. The older demographic is likely to spend more. And so, therefore, of course, it, it stands to reason that if you're spending more money, you're probably going to want to spend more time planning as well. What does the travel industry do if, when they see this kind of uh, stats thrown out there? Do they adjust accordingly, knowing that, okay, let's, let's throw out our best deals? Because you do see a lot of uh, early booking bonuses and things like that. So is it kind of the chicken before the egg uh, scenario, or, or how do, what do you think? Well, I, I think it's a bit of both. So it, it does um, support the the value of last minute deals, but um, but even more so this idea to your point of having um, having deals associated with booking farther in advance and making sure that uh, you're able to get the the accommodation you want, um, the flight you want. You know that that is the benefit of booking further out. Mm-hmm. You get more choice and and are more likely to get that trip exactly as you envision it. Um, what we're seeing, of course, with that, too, we, we asked folks how they're booking their trips. And um, 20% responded that they, they continue to use a trusted travel agent. And, you know, that that's not surprising given mm-hmm. that travel agents have the knowledge on these destinations where they can really tailor every aspect of the trip to to suit the traveler's needs. And you can save a lot um, of money or save a lot of time, right? You don't have to do it you yourself. Save a ton of time, exactly. Yeah, and and that's I think maybe something that people underestimate. Thirty-eight percent of respondents said that they do prefer to book the trip themselves, and that's booking directly with individual airlines, hotels, car rental agencies. Uh, that provides a bit of you know flexibility as far as being able to to shop around and and find the right mix of price. Um, the amenities or services you're getting, as well as looking at customer reviews, you know, for people mm-hmm. that maybe feel a little bit more confident. Yeah. But that, of course, can be a very, very time-consuming exercise when you get into it, which is where the, you know, the, the travel agent value comes into play for sure. Exactly. Interesting findings. It's the uh, Winter Vacation Confidence Index from Allianz Global. You can find it on the Allianz Assistance website, allianz-assistance. .ca. And Dan Keon is the Vice President of Market Management for the Allianz Global Assistance Group. I appreciate your time, Dan. Thank you. Great. Thanks a lot, Randy. Have a great day. Well, once a month, we like to invite Taylor Cole back to our show. She's the host of Hotel Hunt TV, and once a month, she checks in with her Hotel of the Month feature. And this time, she recently visited the Majestic Mirage Resort in Punta Cana. And Taylor joins us now via Skype to share her experience. Hi, Taylor. Hi, Randy. Tell me about the Majestic Mirage Mirage <laughs> Resort in Punta Cana. Uh, where is it located to start? Yes, the Majestic Mirage Punta Cana is located in Arena Gordo, which is Playa Bavaro, Bavaro Beach. Um, And it's about 15 miles away from Punta Cana International Airport or maybe 45 miles or so from Loma Romana International Airport. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's near the historic city of Santo Domingo. Um, You can get there within about two hours drive. But I absolutely love Punta Cana and Bavaro Beach in particular, uh, mainly because the hotels are housed in clusters and most of them are all inclusive and you've got lots of amenities and things right there. So you don't have to venture very far for most anything that you would want to do, see or eat. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like a pretty big resort. I'm looking at the website, MajesticMiragePuntaCana.com. So it's a pretty big resort, it looks like. 
It is. They actually have, it's an all-suite property, and they have 510 suites, and all those suites come with a jacuzzi. It's part of a trio. So there's three properties, Majestic Colonial, Majestic Elegance, and then this newest property that was built probably two years ago is Majestic Mirage. And I actually stayed at all three. My husband and I had our honeymoon at Majestic Elegance, and then we had our anniversary at Majestic Mirage. Um, not too long ago, that that property just opened, as I mentioned, and so we're really excited to try it. Mm-hmm. And Randy, what I love most about the Majestic Mirage is not only is it all suites, not only do you get jacuzzis, you have a sunken bathtub, um, lots of beautiful features. The rooms are a thousand square feet each. Wow! Um, and they've got two presidential suites, so yeah, really large room. Yeah. Um, full dining room, full kitchen. Um, kitchen area, I guess I should say, because they've got beverages and things that you can have a coffee pot and all of that. Um, but the biggest bonus is you have your own personal butler. Wow. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you can forget something in your room, maybe need to charge your phone, have something special that you'd like to eat or drink. Um, maybe be interested in going to a show. All you do is call your butler and Anything you need is right at your fingertips. Nice. Um, I'm looking at some of the images here. It looks like uh, some of the uh, ground-level suites have your pool is right out your door almost. That's right. Those are swim-up suites and super nice. I mean, you know, imagine you wake up in the morning and you can't quite get awake. Your eyes are a little tired. You just walk out of your suite and jump (laughs) right into a private area of the pool and enjoy a swim. Um, they've also got those Bali beds, which are kind of like cabanas, mm-hmm. but they change the linens on them, and it's really reserved for you. They've got those sitting around, so you can relax there, maybe have some breakfast, or have your butler bring you some fresh fruit nice. as you relax by the water. Uh, so now it all sounds wonderful, and it is uh, all-inclusive. Uh, when you first ar- went there uh, for the first time, uh, what was your first impressions? Uh, what sort of hit you the most? I think it was the friendliness. I felt like I was at home, and I believe that's one of the things that the Majestic Resort staff says to you is welcome home. Um, They want you to feel as if you're comfortable, you're well taken care of, that you're in a a tiny town where, you know, if you want to go gambling, you can. If you want to have a different type of food, maybe you want something from home and you want Italian food, then you can have that. Or if you want to take a nice stroll through the the, um, grounds and get some exercise, you can do that. But everyone is so friendly. It didn't take very long before people started to know our names and we knew their names. And, you know, again, we stay quite a while. I mean, we stay between seven and 10 days each Mm -hmm. time. But you definitely get to know people there and you feel very welcomed. Um, And then everything is really grandiose. So when you walk in um, the foyers of of each of the lobbies, because each hotel has its own lobby, each lobby has this grand foyer that just welcomes you in and you feel like, okay, this is truly majestic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have, if you're staying at, uh, say, the Majestic Mirage, do you have access to the other resort amenities too and vice versa? You do, and that's the big bonus there. So Majestic Mirage is adults only, so I can't say that the colonial guests can go over to Mirage, Mm -hmm. but if you're staying at Elegance or Mirage, you can go to all three, meaning you can go to the restaurants, you can enjoy the evening entertainment. They've got phenomenal theaters and great shows. They had a Michael Jackson show one night. They had 
kind of an authentic Latin show, another night, uh, comedy show. They had something about dating and marriage and so <laughs> um, some really good acting. And so, yeah, you can enjoy all of that as well as the restaurants. And then they have these clubs, which are uh, lounges, I would say, lounges where you can go and they're, all of the ones I'm familiar with are age 18 and up, mm -hmm. but it's a place where you can go and have a snack in an air-conditioned area. Um, if you're part of the club, you get a golf shirt and a nice tote bag and a, a hat. Um, they also help you make your golf reservations, and that's something else that they make available to you is uh, they have a golf course that's adjacent to the property, and they'll give you a ride there, and you can schedule your tee time. So there's just a lot of catering to you at this resort, plus because they have three properties, and one of the properties, the Colonial, even has a, a mall near it, so there's lots of shopping and if you want a hamburger, you can stop by there. They almost have like food trucks. Uh, there's a water park. There's so many things to do. And so, again, it's like a little town. Mm -hmm. You can just spend, you know, weeks on end there and experience something different every day. Uh, tell me a little bit about Bavaro Beach. I've heard so much about it. I've never been, but I heard it's uh, a very nice area to uh, enjoy. Bavaro Beach is beautiful, and there's parts, you know, with, with most any beach area where you might not be able to swim, but the area where we stay at Majestic Mirage, you can. It's a full swim beach, um, so you can enjoy the water. Uh, we even took a cruise, which was pretty unique. It was a wellness cruise, so um, we were on this giant ship, and they had everything on there like yoga. Uh, we got massages. Um, they put floats out, and we had a chance to float tethered to the boat, but we could <laughs> float um, next to the, the boat for a little while. Um, they helped us do a detox, and so we ate some fresh fruit, and then they put our feet in these soak baths, and um, they said they were removing the toxins from our bodies. <laughs> and so we were all on Bavaro Beach during that, which was a beautiful place. There's little islands throughout it. Mm -hmm. uh, so once you get out on the water pretty far, you can start to see the beautiful color. You can see the, the ground floor. Um, I even walked on the bottom of the ocean, and the way I did that was I did one of those snoobas. Yeah, Randy, have I've you ever done that where you put I've, the thing on your head? I've never done it, but I've I've heard of it. I know they do a lot of it in uh, the St. Thomas area, so uh, I've heard of it, but I've never done it. So tell me about it. Well, it's so cool. Um, so what I like the most, especially since I was there on my honeymoon and we were doing, taking lots of photos, I didn't have to mess up my hair or makeup <laughs> or anything, and they put this thing over your head. It's equipped with oxygen. And when you're ready to jump in the water, um, you're tethered again back to the boat. Uh, you jump down and you literally can walk on the bottom of the ocean with this thing on your head, mm -hmm. fully breathing. Even if you wear glasses, you can leave your glasses on and you can see clearly. Um, and it lasted maybe two hours. Really? Um, it took some time to get out. And then, wow. we, then we walked around and... My husband's really adventurous, and so there was uh, an old ship that was down at the bottom of the ocean, cool. and he was in there walking around and picking up starfish and all sorts of things. Wow, that's really cool. And, of course, uh, I would imagine if you wanted to do any of those activities, your butler could help arrange that. Could he not? Exactly, and that was one of the ways we even knew about doing this was that our butler, whose name is Elvis, and we, we've um, enjoyed staying with him, I think, three times now. So he's become a friend. We have him in our phone. <laughs> when we come to Punta Cana, we always give him a call no matter where we're staying. And so, yeah, that's the type of thing that your butler could arrange from you. Uh, for you. Um, also on that boat, I have to tell you, Randy, we did the thing called the Dr. Fish. Okay. Have you ever heard of that? No. 
the doctor fish are those little fish, those tiny fish. You put your feet in a tub of water and they eat the oh. dead skin off of your feet. Oh, <laughs> how does that feel? <laughs> it feels pretty crazy. <laughs> it kind of tickles. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, it sounds like a fabulous stay. It's the uh, Majestic Mirage Resort in Punta Cana. You can find out more about it with Hotel Hunt TV, their website, hotelhunttv.com. And Taylor Cole is the host or hostess of hotelhunttv.com. Always a pleasure to chat, Taylor. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. Have a great week. Well, last week I was invited by Tourism France for a showcase and luncheon where various regions of France showed what they have to offer tourists and visitors. And one area that I learned more about was the Loire Valley region, which they are celebrating 500 years of the Renaissance this year. So I got the chance to chat with Vanessa Trenet. She's a press officer with the Loire Valley Tourism Board. So here's how that conversation sounded. Tell me about the 500 years of uh, Renaissance. Uh, why 500? Uh, it's based on three dates. Uh, it's based on the death of Leonardo da Vinci, who lived the last three years of his life in Amboise, Chateau du Creuse. So he died on the 2nd of May of 1519. Uh, also the birth of Catherine de' Medici in Italy and also the construction of the Chateau of Chambord. So based on these three big events, we want to celebrate that big time uh, that was Renaissance. Uh, the king Francis I discovered the Renaissance in Italy. He loved what he saw with all the architectures, humanism, uh, art, parties, and he wanted to bring that to France. So it's a good occasion for us. Well, I think a lot of people would say, well, hey, wait a minute, uh, Leonardo da Vinci was Italian, but you answered that question, uh, how he ended up in France, right? Exactly. He lived the last three years of his life and he finished all his work. He created many other stuff. He has a really good house to, to think, to create, because he's really a genius. He was invited by the king and uh, he accepted. He came with uh, a few few works that he had uh, and he died at the Clos-Lucet and he's buried in the chapel of uh, Cas Royal Castle of Amboise. Uh, and it's a big celebration, um, something like 700 events, obviously we can't talk about 700 events but it's a big celebration in the area and it's a great time to visit that area of France, right? Exactly, so it's a celebration taking place all year, uh, it's starting already because it's a mix of, uh, of events. You have a festival, music festival, garden festival, you have conference about science, about history, uh, culture and art lovers uh, are going to like it too with uh, many contemporary art uh, shows for example. Um, for gardens you have special visit of gardens, you have digital visit of the castle, um, renaissance balls, banquet for everyone, for every public, for children, families, senior. <laughs> There's a lot going on so if I'm planning a trip to that area of France, uh, I understand it's not that far from Paris so that helps. So getting around to, to that area is easy. It's really easy because you have a lot of trains directly from the center of Paris to the main cities of the region, Orléans, Blois, Tours. Uh, Orléans is only one hour uh, by regional train and Tours one hour with TGV, but also directly from Roissy you can reach the region. Or by Nantes, uh, you have two hours of train uh, directly from Nantes to the region. So tell me a little bit more about uh, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, home that he, that he lived the last three years of his life. Um, it's all restored and, and it's really quite a, a beautiful area too. It's a beautiful area, it's really nearby the city of Tours, uh, it's nearby the castle where the king lived. Uh, the king grew up in Clos-Lucet um, when he was a uh, children and then he offered, uh, he 
proposed to Leonardo da Vinci to stay there. So now in the in the castle, you can see uh, they recreated a conversation between Leonardo and the king. You have all the work, all the paintings, a copy of paintings, and in the park you can see all the inventions of da Vinci in um, in a size in normal size, so people can play, children can play with that. And you have also min miniature, mm -hmm. I don't know, mm -hmm. miniature, and you can see all the works, uh, science, and all the thoughts of Leonardo. Uh, talk about the area again now uh, between Tours and uh, Orléans. It's about a, a one-hour difference between the two, but lots of places to see along there as well, right? Exactly. You have a lot of castles, but each one are very different. You have some specialized in garden, like uh, the gardens of Filandry. You have the Royal Chateau of Chenonceau, which is a lady castle, always owned by women. <laughs> uh, you have a royal chateau such as Blois, also, that have an exhibition about the children of Renaissance. And you have many um, small smaller chateau but three words to be known uh, they have beautiful history and they have a special events also taking place this year there um, so now tell me a little bit about uh, the, some of the accommodations I understand if someone's looking for like a, a huge five-star resort you're not going to find it but you will find quaint other uh, places to stay right yeah five-star we don't have we have one only and we are more uh, we love charming accommodation so chateaus we have a lot and you can stay in a lot of chateaus so you have chateau hotels you have uh, Chateau de Rivo for example that you can visit and you can stay they have seven rooms uh, you have troglodyte hotels uh, so that's quite unusual it's like a cave, a beautiful luxury cave. Uh, you have a lot of charming BNBs. You can stay uh, in BNBs in the garden, so a lot for everyone. And if you prefer a city break, you have um, BNBs in the center of the cities or big hotels uh, mm -hmm. for one who prefer hotels or boutique hotels. So you got uh, lots of accommodation to choose from. Now, if I'm do uh, tour operators provide like a whole package if I want to stay there for a week? Uh, is that available or is it better to book on my own? How, how would you recommend it? Uh, it depends on what the people want. If they want to organize themselves, it's easy to to book directly on the Loire Valley uh, website, so loirevalley-france.co.uk. Uh, you can book directly your tickets for the chateau or accommodation or cycling, or you have also agencies. Uh, in the tourism office of Tour, for example, they have a lot of excursion for a day, for two days or longer, for groups or individuals. Um, tourist office of Blois also have tickets and can organize um, such, a, such trip, day trips. So you can organize with agency, agencies in Paris if you want to do several regions as well. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have the choice. <laughs> and it's the same way of getting around. I can take uh, a rail from uh, Paris uh, and it drops me wherever I want to go. Could I use a rail pass to get around the whole area? Um, I don't know about the rail pass. I know it's very easy to take the train because you have a lot during the day. The regional train that goes all along the Loire, you have a lot and it stops in, even in the villages. So that's really good. Um, you can book at the last minute if you want to leave from Paris in the morning. You just book your train. Uh, only the TGV, you, it's better to book before, but otherwise it's quite easy to, to take the train. It's always fun to uh, try uh, different kinds of um, foods when you're in the area. What are some of the specialties in the area? It's wine and cheese. <laughs> we have, in France, you have 13 appellations for goat cheese and five are only in the Loire Valley, in Centre-Val de Loire. You have, for example, Chavignol, you have Valencay, you have uh, Saint-Maur-de-Touraine, and we always pairing the cheese with a wine. For example, Chavignol would go with Sancerre wine. Uh, we have a lot of white wine, Chardonnay, we have the Touraine wine, uh, Chinon also for the red wine, and we have our local champagne, which is called <laughs> Vouvray. It's same method, uh, different soil, but uh, it's really, we have a lot of wines, so it's a big offer here. Very 
very nice. Uh, is uh, language a barrier? I know. Should I be brushing up on my French when I'm there? In some places it can be complicated, but in the chateau you will always find uh, brochures, information, guided tour in English, uh, in the cities as well. So in many of the touristic places that won't be a problem. In accommodation too, they have information. Uh, about the event of this year, many are accessible also in English, whether it's uh, exhibition on events or digital visit on uh, iPad. We have that now, iPad that recreates the chateau at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, available in many languages. And in Blois, for example, they have a night show. It's like in nine or ten languages. So that's really good. That's perfect. Um, anything that I've missed that you might want to add? Yes, we are the first region of cycling. So I mentioned that because we have 5,000 kilometers of cycling itineraries. Uh, and we have the first one that has been totally finished in France a few years ago. It's La Loire à Vélo. It's 900 kilometers from the eastern part of the region to the ocean. It's really flat, accessible for families. It's easy. You can take the train. You don't need to cycle all the time. You can rent a bike from one part and leave your bike. And you have the service for transferring uh, your luggage as well. So it's a really good way to discover the, city, the region. Excellent. It's uh, 500 years of Renaissance. You can go uh, visit Leonardo da Vinci's home and uh, have wine and cheese and enjoy the whole area. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Trenet is a uh, press officer of the Loire Valley Transport. <laughs> and the website. And the website. So for uh, information about uh, Fr uh, Loire Valley, you have loirevalley-france.co.uk, but uh, especially on the 500 years of Renaissance, www.vivadavinci2019.fr. It's available in English and Italian. As well. Perfect. Again, that's uh, Viva Da Vinci 2019.fr. I thank you for your time, Vanessa. Thank you. Thank you very much for your interest for the region. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.